Hi, and welcome to episode 28 of No Crying in Baseball. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. That's tweeting Potty Mouth this week. Tweeting Potty Mouth. Tell me about this verb, tweeting. All about the Twitter. I'm learning Twitter is a new language. We're out there on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. Check it out. We've got a lot of stuff going on because I'm busy. She is busy tweeting. I'm busy making with the public service announcements. We reported last week that one of our followers will not allow her husband to listen to our podcast while driving. I have yet another report about car-related issues with our podcast. Please be careful out there. One of our listeners reported a story of, it's nice outside now, right? Windows down, cranking up the podcast while driving around. I do that. Don't do it in residential neighborhoods. He said he was at a stop sign. These three little girls went by on their on their, on their their scooters. Oh, and no, everything I was see great. where this is he going. He waved. And right about then, Potty Mouth yelled something oh, about, don't call my boyfriend, eh? Motherfucker! Yeah. You can't even say the word. I can't because it makes me blush. So I don't keep your windows open while I'm saying motherfucker. Right. So just be careful in residential areas. That's all we're saying. Safety first. Hey, Potty Mouth, do do your family members know about your swearing? You know what? As I just said motherfucker for the second time, I'm starting to blush a little bit because I think this is going to be the first (laughs) podcast that my dad listens to. Hi, Dad. I'm really sorry. Welcome. Uh, So Dad has been a big influence in my life for baseball, and I really appreciate that. When I went to summer camp, I got letters every day from my father that had the weather and the Red Sox score. Number one, the last voicemail that I got from my father was, hi, hope you guys are doing all right. Red Sox are doing well. So that's my dad. You can't see him without a Red Sox hat. I haven't taught him about the podcast yet, though, because despite his best intentions when I was young, he doesn't know, I swear. You mean the whole, like, pulling you out of the bleachers at Fenway so you wouldn't be corrupted by the nasty bad yeah, language yeah. around you? Yeah, that, that would be it. That would be it. And the fact that I only went to one Patriots game in my life, I didn't realize that that's why we never went back. But it was apparently because of the foul language ar- around us. So, Dad, I love you, and I'm really sorry about the swearing, but I hope you can sort of just forgive the little F-bombs that I might throw here and there and enjoy our little uh, redux of baseball that we have here. And don't worry, Bob, I don't swear. And I look disapprovingly on your daughter when she does. So I'm here for you. I'm channeling you. Yeah, and she can come stay with you anytime. <laughs> Let's talk about the big exciting baseball news of the week, which was the the Puerto Rican series between the Indians and the Twins. This whole series was meant to do two things. It was meant to give the, the Puerto Ricans some hope, something to cheer for, because they've had a pretty crappy year post-hurricane, right? Yeah. And baseball is back, and it's big, and it's exciting, and hometown heroes were coming back from the major leagues to play for them. The other purpose of this series was going to be to promote tourism, because tourism is a big part of the Puerto Rican economy, and it's obviously with the destruction because of the hurricane, they're they're getting none of that. So. Right. Puerto Rico's like, hey, come visit us. Please come and see our fabulous, wonderful place. The really ironic, horrible thing for both of those things was that power went out across the entire island the the, the day of the game. That's amazing. Right? And the second game, the right? Second game, the right. second they game. They played one game, and then the second game, the lights went out. You're trying to promote tourism. There is no power on the island. They got power back to the stadium. I heard reports that it was generators. I heard reports they were back on the grid. I don't know what it was. And you might say, well, is the stadium really the most important thing? Well, that day it really was because of all the people who were coming to the game and needed the hope and all the people who were going to see what's happening in Puerto Rico because the coverage, I got to say, was pretty good. It wasn't just oh, it was awesome. yay baseball. It was following the players as they visited their towns. They, it was showing 
showing the destruction. It was showing where help is needed. So hopefully that was good in a public relations way as well. Right. And also showing what MLB was doing for Puerto Rico. I mean, we uh, commented in the off season in our earlier podcasts about Puerto Rico playing their winter league without lights, basically playing day games games, and cutting their season. And so MLB stepping up and doing good and sending a million dollars to Puerto Rico, which is pretty amazing, including some money for Habitat to Humanity to be constructing houses. The Indians donated their playoff share from last year. One playoff share. Yeah. Still pretty impressive to Puerto Rico. And you couldn't not love your boyfriend, Francisco Lindor. I love him so much, Mr. Smile. to his grade school. And what I loved as a teacher was him telling the kids to listen to their teachers. Absolutely beautiful. That same boyfriend was a hero in game one. The cool thing about these two games is there were a handful of native sons from Puerto Rico coming back between the Indians and the twins, and all of them had a time to shine, right? The first game, Lindor hit a thunderous two-run homer that just sent the stands wild. Yeah, and they were all cheering his name. They were cheering his name. There was a very funny part. I was watching the ESPN feed of this, um, of the second game, the one that went on forever, that with all the extra free baseball at the end. Yay, bonus baseball. The uh, the commentators were laughing because they could hear little kids yelling, Lindor, Lindor. And then they heard him say in Spanish, when the game is over, I will sign anything That's you want. So Please stop shouting my name right now. But everyone was so excited. And they felt ownership of these players who were coming back. Um, your boyfriend Alonzo hit a home run. Yeah, not which is, Puerto Rican. Not but Puerto Rican, but boyfriend. But boyfriend news right there. And in the second game, um, Berrios was the pitcher, and he pitched a gem of a game. Right. And so that And so each team won a game. All the hometown heroes got to be heroes. It was spectacular. Yeah, that would be Jose Berrios, who had seven scoreless innings, which is pretty amazing, but it turns out that that was less than halfway through the game. The game went into extras, went into 16 innings. Eddie Rosario got the winning run in the 16th inning, another Puerto Rican, so it's kind of poetic that both games were essentially won by Puerto Rican home runs. And it's kind of notable, though, that in the 14th inning was the first score, one run on each side. For the Indians, it was Edwin Encarnacion, and for the Twins, it was Miguel Sano, both of them Dominican. So I'm thinking that they're just plugging out there that the next series should be in the Dominican Republic. That's pretty great. I think that's some pretty good advertising right there. Yeah, send me for some coverage. <laughs> As it happens, apparently Potty Mouth and I boy like, but both like fast boyfriends. Ooh. We like fast boyfriends. <laughs> sure we do. Yeah, we do. There is something out there called Sprint Speed. What does that mean? Oh, you want me to do math? Can you do some math for me? I can do some math. Sprint speed, this is hilarious. It's the fastest one second of feet per seconds recorded on on one of two different plays, basically. It's the things that count for this. Fastest second. The fastest second. They can measure the feet per second. Faster than it takes to say the fastest second. Oh, so much faster because I'm going to babble about this because it's hard. Um, The first thing they measure is if you are running from the batter's box to first base on a badly hit ball, right? A case where you have to really run out the ball. So you're cranking it out, yeah. Or if you are running two or more bases on a non-home run hit. So again, you have to run to beat out the ball. So these are the cases where you are running your hardest. And that's what they measure. The average for the league is 27 feet per second. That sounds crazy fast. Right. And the top 10 guys, we have a lot of boyfriends in these top 10 guys. Let me tell you our boyfriends in the top 10, right? So my twin's boyfriend, um, Byron Buxton, 
30.5 feet per second. Right, number three, your Nationals boyfriend, Trey Turner. Hey, hey, hey. Number five, D. Gordon of the Mariners. Number six, Trevor Story of the Rockies. Number nine, my White Sox boyfriend, Tim Anderson, at 29.3 feet per second. So in between there, they, 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 that's the range of the top ten. Right? So I'm, I'm just saying you've got four fast guys and I've got one, right? Yes. Okay. That just, is true. I have no there. comment on All right. that, except that there's a couple of fun facts about that. One is that the the number uh, one, two, and three base stealers, successful base stealers right now mm-hmm. are D. Gordon, Tim Anderson, and Trey Turner. They're one, two, three on stolen bases. Nice. So it turns into, you know. It, it works for you. It works. It works, it works. It's not just a glory thing, you know, on paper. It actually has an effect. And also a fun fact is that our pal Bartolo Colon who we watched do amazing things this week. We'll talk about that. Somehow beat out D. Gordon, yeah. right, number five on the list, <laughs> to first base. He ran from the pitcher's mound to first to put out D. Gordon before D. Gordon hey, got there. Hey, I tweeted that this morning, so check out our Twitter feed. Most excellent. Let's talk about Otani. It's Otani watch time. This is our Otani watch segment, and we we talked about him last week when he was flirting with a no-no against the A's, and we'll talk more about pitcher flirts later. But uh, he didn't do so well when he started again against the Red Sox last week. Matter of fact, my boyfriend, first up, leadoff, got a leadoff home run on a full count on him, and you know it was not looking good from there. Would that be Pookie? That would be Pookie. And at that point, well, Pookie ended up with two more home runs that game, so he had another three home run game. I think that's his his third, tying Ted Williams for Red Sox history of three home run games. Otani was actually pulled in the second inning with a blister on his middle finger, which I can pretty much relate to holding up the middle finger. Uh, Otani seems to be doing better. I just saw that he is throwing a gorilla bullpen today. Have you heard that term before? Is he throwing with gorillas? I am not quite As, sure. Is this like a warfare gorilla if, thing if or an animal gorilla thing? Or what kind of gorilla are we talking about? It's spelled like the animal. Okay. And I think it just means that he's throwing heavy today because he wants to be ready for the Yankees this week. Just a, a little bit more of an Otani update. His batting average right now, 342. Holy three, crap. Three home runs, 11 RBI on the mound. He's 2-1, and one, which still sounds pretty respectable with the 360 uh, ERA went way up because of the Red Sox. But he's, he's still holding his own. But we'll see what happens with this blister issue. I have bragging rights yet again. I have another you go. I have another fighting Francona pitcher who threw another complete game, all right? So so Clevenger just threw a complete game shutout against the Orioles. And yes, I'm wearing an Orioles t-shirt right now. Can I say how weird it is to watch a game when yeah. two of your favorite teams play each other? And the really odd thing was I didn't root for either of them. Usually, like, I've been watching a game. Eventually, one team will win me over. It didn't happen. I was excited for everybody. And then by the end, it was like, okay, I want Clevenger to get the the complete game. You know, I retweeted something about the game this morning and said, a.k.a. win situation, win-win situation for Patty. Absolutely was. Absolutely was. And we also noted that Clevenger has this hair thing that's kind of like Tim Lincecum's hair used to be. Yes. And if if he's throwing a complete game shutout right now, maybe the short hair wouldn't make a difference. So maybe he should go with a really shaggy long, not a good look for him, but pretty effective with the whole complete game shutout thing. Yeah, effective is what it comes down to. Just a little bit of boyfriend backup. So my boyfriend, Yonder Alonso, backed up your boyfriend by getting a home run in that game to just ensure the win. So yay, boyfriends. So thanks for that. Who had Brian Price in the pool? 
Everybody's wondering who's the first manager to be fired this year. Oh, ouch. The winner is whoever had Brian Price of the Cincinnati Reds being fired after 18 games. That's fucked up. I'm sorry. That's just messed up. It's really weird timing. It is weird timing. Because, okay, he's been the manager for a little while. Nothing has changed in the way he's been managing why not change before the season starts if you're not happy with it? And are 18 games enough? I hope not to show what a team's really going to do through the season. It's early yet. Right. It's not like the Reds were stellar last year and he's tanking or something. Right. Yeah. Ev- everything's the same, but he's out. So whoever picked him, I think you might have had a long shot if you picked him in 18 games. So I hope you spend your money wisely. There's there's a little bit of gossip now about what happens next, right? So John Farrell, apparently ex-Red Sox manager who got thrown out last year, um, has recently... But at an appropriate time, sort of. Oh, yeah. It was the end of the season. Yeah, it was definitely at an appropriate time. It was just that, you know, when he and Dusty Baker both got the axe after getting into the playoffs, it's like, what the fuck does a manager have to do? They got into the playoffs. Anyway, Farrell gets axed. He recently acquired by the Reds as a scout. Um, and now they're saying it's a guy with experience. He knows the team. He's on the, right, on the roster right now as far as manager, right? I, I also heard our our Dusty. He's not doing anything right now. Maybe they'll get him. I feel I have mixed feelings about that. I kind of like Dusty watching his son play baseball yeah. at home. But I want him to. If he wants a job, he should get a job. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That was a really nice article that that we had posted about Dusty. One of the the um, long shots that I heard mentioned was our pal David Ross. Who mm. I, you know, I don't think there's a really a chance in hell he's going to get it. But wouldn't that be cool oh, if David Ross be. got a management job with Grandpa the Grandpa manager. Grandpa manager. That I would, would love it. That would be awesome. I'm kind of wondering, though, how Riggleman feels right now, the interim manager, because he, interestingly, was interim manager for the Nationals from 2009 to 2011. Two-year interim manager? Yeah, that was the problem. It's a long time to be an interim manager. He he was appointed when I think it was Manny Acta got, That's right. got released, and he got one-year deals. And in the middle of the season, and I think it was 2011, I really need to do research before these podcasts, but I think that's what it was. He gave them an ultimatum and said, you got to give me a longer deal or I'm out of here. And they said, all right, bye. And he left, and the players were kind of shocked. And I think it was uh, our friend Worth who was like, we're just going to keep playing. It doesn't matter. But now what's he going to do? He hasn't had a job since then. Is he going to do another ultimatum? Who knows? This week has been nuts with the grand slams and the extra innings. Potty Mouth's boyfriends have been slamming the heck all over the place, right? That's so good for Mankata, right? His first career grand slam. Cespedes had a grand slam. A bunch of other people who we don't talk about because they're not our boyfriends also had grand slams. And then there's this team who has a bunch. Tell us about this team. That would be the Red Sox who have five grand slams, which would be five more than they had last year. Also, more than some teams have wins so far in the schedule. They have more Grand Slams than some teams have actual wins this year. Pretty exciting. All right, the extra innings. Here's another math segment. Oh, is that two in one episode? I'm learning. All right, a a bunch of games this week went into a lot of free baseball, a lot of extra innings. 538, after a particularly suspect call in Bartolo Colon's attempted a no-no. Okay, this is your geek website? Yeah, 538, the geek website that I love so so dearly, said, okay, here is a call that's clearly wrong in late innings. I wonder how that works. Do umps 
sort of, are, do things change? Damn, I wish we had thought of this first. Right, I want this to be our yes. idea, but it's not. It's not, because 538 is smarter and nerdier than we uh, are. Goals, They goals. looked at how do umps make borderline calls? Does it change in later innings? And it turns out that umpires want to go home too, right? As games progress, and a it. call can go either way, it looks like they tend to pick the call that will end the game sooner. If the team is ahead and their call will help them stay ahead, they will make that call. And parents everywhere really appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So their point was this. Teams that are in a position to win get up to a 27 percentage point increase in the rate of called balls. Whoa, Wait, serious. there's more. While teams that look they're about to lose see increased strike rates of up to 33 percentage that points. That would be one third. I'm good with math. There's no Im- implication there that the umps are doing this on purpose. They could be tired. They could be. It could be anything. MLB, of course, did not want to comment on that. But I will leave you with this fun fact: umpires are paid per game, not per hour. Hmm. hmm. On that note, let me talk about some flirts. Let's Dude, talk about flirting. You are kind of a flirter. Yeah, a little, flirt. a little bit of flirting with the pitchers. We've had some flirty pitchers. About a week ago, we saw Otani flirting with his no-no against the A's. Was he going to actually throw a no-hitter? And then you and I had a blast this past Monday watching Big Sexy and Verlander and Big Sexy Cologne flirting with a no-hitter at age 44. Was that gorgeous? And that I was think a beautiful thing. The best part was watching him in the dugout between innings. When he was he, so chill. He was laughing. He was talking to the other guys. He was throwing stuff in the air. He was having a blast, maybe not taking it too heavy. So it didn't work out. He, I think he went to the eighth inning, right? He did. And then uh, Friday, Tyson Ross of the Padres was four outs shy of a no-no. And sadly, the Padres are the only team in MLB without a no-hitter. Oh, that would have been awesome for him. So he came so close. Our boyfriends did their best to back him up. There was a key boyfriend-to-boyfriend play there where Aswaje got the ball at second, threw out to your boyfriend, Austin Hedges, at home plate. Saved a run. Saved a run. They tied it up, but then in the ninth, the Padres took it. So yay, Padres, and yay, Tyson Ross. And then I just, I can't say this last one. Can you help me here? I I will do this one for you. Thank you. Oakland A's pitcher Sean Manea no-noed the Red Sox. Here's why it's spectacular, and I'm sorry, potty mouth. I know it hurts. No, it's spectacular. It is spectacular, though. It's the seventh no-no in A's history. The Red Sox had not... They're, they had a no-hit streak of, get this, 3,987 games since the last time so they were no-hit. I, I got to add a little bit of painful stuff to that. That's since 1993 that the Red Sox have had this streak, and the only team longer is poetically the, the A's. A's. The A's. Also, another point about Sean Manea, he is very nicely groomed. And Ooh. I saw some photos of him in, in in past years where he was not so nicely groomed. So not only did he get the first no-hitter of the season for anyone, any team in MLB this season, but also he gets my vote for most improved grooming. Excellent. Definitely worth following up on. I have to change the tone for just a minute and and sadly just put out our heartfelt best wishes for recovery to Danny Farquhar of the White Sox, 
who had a brain hemorrhage during a game that he was pitching. He was in the dugout. He passed out. He came to, they took him to the, took an ambulance for precaution, and it turned out to be an aneurysm. And he's in serious condition now, and we're all thinking of him and wishing the best, as is the rest of MLB. Potty Mouth and I have been talking about planning some ballpark tours. Let's go. Let's go. So I've been doing some research about who to put on the top of the list and who to cut off of our list. The top of the list, this is news to me, AT&T Park where the Giants play. Potty Mouth's boyfriend, Brandon Crawford, apparently is the DJ for the clubhouse when they when they are the victors. But it's gone beyond just DJing, which he's done for years. This year, they've incorporated a disco ball and a fog machine. Extra boyfriend points there. I that's awesome. I don't know if we go to the park, if we can actually get into the clubhouse, but I think we need to try. I think that's now top of the list. We like a good party. All right. Yeah, I'm good with that. Bottom of the list is Rogers Center, which is the dome in Toronto, because falling ice from the CN Tower right next to the dome punctured a three-by-five hole in the roof of the frickin' dome and landed in center field. And this is karma. This is karma being a bitch because the Blue Jays— Hey, you said bitch. I did say bitch. (laughs) That's not really an outside word. That's a kind of a front porch word. I think that's kind of an interim word. But it's karma because the Blue Jays were – a couple of the Blue Jays-Indians games that were being played in Cleveland got postponed because of weather because everybody's been getting postponed because of weather. And the Blue Jays were tweeting out, oh, well, our games are going to go ahead as preceded because we have a roof. So, (laughs) ha-ha. Well, they got a hole in their roof now. I'm just saying. They have fixed it since, but they did have to postpone one game. And it was a game against the Royals. And the Royals' manager said, if you come to a dome and get banged, something Ain't right. That's for sure. They got a little bit of sympathy from the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings who play in the Metrodome, who have experienced similar things, who tweeted to them and saying, we've been there. We've done that. We're here to help you. They just need better engineering for these domes. What about minor leagues? Should we tour some minor leagues? Totally. Shout out to the minors. Beloved, I love this story. The Paw Sox, the Red Sox AAA. They're having a theme night, May 5th and 6th. Do tell. They're having Evil Empire Night as their promo. And they, <laughs> they happen to be playing the Scranton Wilkes Bar Rail Riders, who I know El Jefe knows because we went to one of their games. That would be the Yankees minor league affiliate. So anyone named, this is a follow-up to our fight segment last week when we talked about um, Tyler Austin and Joe Kelly and the, the whole brawl. Go back to last week if you need more details, but Tyler's and Austin's can't get in if that's your name. You have to self-identify with your name apparently at the gate to either get in or out. Yeah, well, if you're Joe or you're Kelly, you get in free. <laughs> We're going for sure. I love that. Let's talk about grooming. Grooming segment. We've had a little bit allusion to grooming, but also Jake Arietta with the lumberjack beard. Where is that going? Seems like it's going pretty well for him because he had 10 strikeouts against the Pirates. First Phillies pitcher with 10 strikeouts and one or few hill one or fewer hits since Cole Hamels way back in 2015. Against uh, who? Against Arietta. Poetic. And then what's with Brock Holt shaving his head? Your boyfriend is a bad influence on him. They used to be the flow bros. Now they're the no hair bros. I want to go back to Jake Arietta for just one second. Oh, all right. Yeah. So I read a piece about how his sinker has improved immensely. Like it, it moves almost an entire foot. And now I'm thinking, I wonder if it's the beard that's causing the sinker to move. 
It's got to be the beard. Well, maybe if the if the shaved head on the other end helps Brock Holt get to the level of of Benny, uh, Ben Attendee, your Red Sox boyfriend. All right, I'll go with it. I'm taking a hockey break because it's a baseball-related hockey break. We are in the Stanley Cup playoffs, so we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Austin Matthews, my kid's favorite player, is in the playoffs, and there's this nickname thing that I think you're going to be worried about. I don't, I don't approve of this nickname thing. Austin Matthews has a Mexican mother who nicknamed him Poppy. That's a family nickname. It's, it's pretty common. Completely appropriate. His locker room nickname has been Maddie from Matthews and Juicy for a reason that the players are not willing to to uh, you know tell us about. Worthy he, for our podcast, though, I'd bet. Yeah, not, I don't know. He had a spectacular goal, really important goal in the playoffs. The play-by-play announcer decided to call him Big Poppy. And I just don't think that's right. Well, especially wrong if they're playing against the Bruins, damn it. You know, hello? You mean that when the Maple Leafs won against the Bruins just last night? All right, that might have been it. That might have been it. Bryce Harper has a little hockey connection right now. He is a native son of, of Las Vegas, whose expansion hockey team, brand new this year, has made the Stanley Cup playoffs, which never happens. So Bryce is honoring his hometown hockey team by putting the Vegas Golden Knights logo on the knob of his bat. We'll have to keep an eye out when we go to the Nationals games. See if we can see it from there. I'll bring my binoculars. I'm sure a lot of you have read up about the Little League upheaval in in the state of New Hampshire, where there were accusations of coaches plotting to mean, as in throw at the head of the one girl player on a team. So nauseating. This is incredible that we have to read about this. There's some follow-up. I followed up on the story to see where things were because there was going to be an investigation. And in fact, they did investigate locally and they have fired one coach based on this. They didn't didn't find enough evidence to fire the second coach who was accused, but they did fire the one. And they have implemented a bunch of different sort of education programs and guidelines for how do you select your lineup, how do you protect the safety of your players, things like that. That's moving in the right direction. Major League Baseball checked in with the organizing body. They have no oversight over this level, but the um, Major League Baseball has a program, uh, has a youth program division, and the senior Mm -hmm. vice president for youth programs, Tony Reagans, was the one who weighed in on this. And his statement was, baseball is a game of inclusion. It's diverse. You see people of all backgrounds playing the game, all genders, boy, girl, or transgender. For this situation to raise its ugly head is a concern. So good to hear MLB coming out supportive. That's really a good statement. It was exactly the right thing to say, and I'm glad they are checking in at these lower levels because MLB has been moving slowly with the Trailblazer series and other things in the right direction of being more inclusive. And I do want to draw your attention to an article that we posted on our Facebook page from the website Players Tribune, which I recommend you look at. It's first-person accounts from athletes and coaches and other people involved in sports telling their own stories. We posted one from Cheryl Reeve, who is the head coach of the WNBA's Minnesota Lynx. She is a four-time league champion coach. She started as the only girl on the Little League team. Oh, wow. So the story opens with her experiences there. So that was years and years ago. And it's it's an interesting comparison between how things started and where they are now. So please take a look at that if you get a chance to. This week, 
We are going to be so freaking bleary-eyed as if we weren't already because our teams are all playing on the, we're all playing on the West Coast. The Nats continue to play on the West Coast. Late night Nats against the Giants this week are going to make me very, very tired. Yeah, I'm getting a little exhausted. I had all the Red Sox games to listen to watch. Well, essentially listen to in bed by the time they were over last week. Uh, Can't take more of this West Coast stuff. Our fantasy boyfriend baseball league, uh, the biggest move this week. Sorry, Tacoma Park Sox, you're back in the basement. And I'll let Potty Mouth gloat because I have, remember I said karma's a bitch? Karma's a bitch. Go ahead and tell him, Potty well, Mouth. Well, first I have to say, sorry, honey, you're back in the basement. And my team, too, is just out of the basement. So my second team has been anchoring. I've been like bookends, sort of. And then... I get to gloat again. I am back in first place. I think a lot of thanks go to Mookie Betts and, and Jose Altuve. So thank you guys for you getting me f- back. You're in first place by like a thousand points. You yeah. are so in first place. Well, well, in the Astros pitching, man, they have me totally. Morton's been amazing. Anyway, all of them are doing good. I'm number one. You, though, st- keep getting two of our top four. You've got number two and number four. And we get to give a shout out to the West Coast to Deborah F. for being number three. Congratulations, everyone, except for, yeah, no, it's okay, potty mouth, because karma, karma. It's a bitch. It's a bitch. We're going to be bleary-eyed, but we're going to be back next week anyway to tell you more about what's been happening in the ensuing week. If you miss us through this whole week, you can still find us online in a million places, nocryinginbball.com. You can find us on Twitter and NCIB podcast. You can find us on our Facebook page, No Crying in B-Ball. And you can just wait it out until next week because you will have subscribed and rated and reviewed on all the places where you get your podcasts. Until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Wherever great podcasts are free, is that a thing?